welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite co-host, Dan. How are you, Dan the Mandarin? What's going on? I'm fired up, Jenny. I am fired up. So I I did not know about our guest until this morning when when our teammate John, who arranged this, sent the uh, the the bio and so forth over, and I was looking at him like, man, this is going to be awesome. So I I meant to grab my my gloves, my I, I call them my bag gloves, but my heavy bag gloves. I was going to put them on for the camera and be like, I am fired up for this. It's Dan, you're a nerd. This is a podcast. Nobody can see you. Oh, <laughs> really? I didn't know we were doing a podcast, Jenny. Next. All right. We'll, ah, we'll get a picture. Okay. We'll post it with this. Okay. I'll describe them if I ever go and grab them. But thanks for oh, pointing that out. Now, I am fired up, Jenny. This is going to be a good one. Absolutely. So I was reading over Carrie's bio, too. And like, you guys. Legit, you need to listen to this lady because like her, her background, her her history, everything. Like you're one of those people, Carrie Williams, that when I look at your bio, you're like, you've done everything. You started a business, you franchised it, you've been on magazine covers, now you run an education company, you do all these things. And you're one of those people that I look like look at in awe, absolute awe. And I'm like, how? You're you're somebody who started something, and that's so rare. It's so hard to come up with something that's so unique that you can start it and sell it and other people. Did. So I'm so excited to learn more about you. Miss Carrie Williams, welcome to the show. Thank you. That intro was awesome. <laughs> and so are you. So oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm humbled. Thank you so much. Uh yeah, I'm super excited to to be on here with you guys. And yeah, I've I've done a lot. I feel like I have so much more to do though. I guess, you know, and I'm that person, right? It's like it's never enough. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, but I mean, that's what it takes though, right? To do all the things that you've done and to continue to grow new and novel ideas. So speaking of Carrie, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the fitness industry, all the, all as many of these things that you've done along the way that you want to share and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Um, I'll try to do the really abbreviated um, story, but I actually was, um, I hated PE in school <laughs> and I never worked out. I was never in sports. I was the nerd at school. Uh, so yeah, I'm not that athlete that, you know, turned into a coach and then opened a gym. It's a very backwards story. Uh, I actually have an environmental science degree nice. and uh, just, yeah, I'm not using that, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when I graduated from college, I realized that I didn't want to work for the government. I didn't want to work in a cubicle and I had kind of always been an entrepreneur at heart, you know, as a child, you know, going door to door and selling mistletoe or whatever I could get my hands on to sell. Uh, so I wanted to open my own business and I didn't really know what that was going to be, what it was going to look like. Uh, and I had a friend uh, at the time who was a boxer and would always hear, you know, the, the boxing gym was only four fighters. So if you wanted to come in and learn how to box, you wouldn't be able to, they would just kick you out. 
Um, and then you had fitness, you had Taibo at the time. So this yep. was, you know, I'm talking about, you know, mid nineties. So, you know, you have Taibo or you have, or you have to get punched in the face. That was really the only <laughs> two options. And I just, for some reason I thought, well, I want to do something. If I do open my own business, I want to do something that has not been done yet. I want to create something, which I think is what an entrepreneur truly is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I could open a boxing gym. And I can have people come in, they can learn how to box, but they can do it for a workout. They don't have to get hit. And my whole slogan was uh, get fit, not hit. And, uh, and so I hired this, uh, this boxer to be the trainer. And I wrote a business plan. And at the time, Google wasn't around. So I bought business plan for dummies. And I learned how to write a business plan. I wrote a business plan. And I went to the bank, which back then you could go to the bank and kind of pitch your your deal. And mm-hmm. I pitched it to one of the bankers and he said, well, I'm going to give you a feel good loan. And I really didn't know what that meant, but he's just said, I feel really good about what you're doing. And, and I feel good about you paying the bank back. Um, I think you're going to be successful. And uh, I got a $40,000 SBA loan um, nice. with no collateral, no nothing. I come from very humble beginnings. Um, let's just say I was very poor. Um, <laughs> so I started uh, looking at buildings and, you know, just learning along the way. I didn't know how to do anything. Uh, And so I just learned the whole, I learned how to open a gym. I learned how to negotiate leases, um, how to do tenant improvements um, and marketing. Um, Again, no Google. So (laughs) really kind of boots on the ground. Um, And I did a hundred thousand dollars my first year in business. So at that time, I, was like, wow, I think I'm really good at this. And I really enjoy it. Um, and still, mind you, I had still not boxed yet. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I, um, the trainer said, well, we're getting really busy. Um, you have to hire another trainer to help. And I said, well, I, I'm capable. Just show me what to do. And, um, and so I learned how to be a trainer. And so then now I'm on the floor, I'm answering the phone, I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things, uh, but I became a trainer and I became a pretty good trainer. And then I said, well, we have a fight team now. We actually, aside from training adults for fitness, we also had a boxing team. So I'm in the corner and I'm telling these kids what to do and how they're supposed to feel in the ring. And I still hadn't fought yet. And I just thought it was a little hypocritical for me to tell them anything if I hadn't fought. Uh, so I decided to compete. And so I competed for about, I don't know, five years, maybe. Um, and then within all that time, I was improving my coaching skills. I went to the Olympic Training Center and I got my um, Olympic level coaching. It, it's I mean, it's a long process, obviously, but yeah. uh, but I went up there several times and worked with the team. Uh, and then I started opening more gyms. So I was like, wow, you know, I think I've got something here. So I opened a second gym and that was my prototype for my franchising. And at that point, I said, I probably should hang the gloves up because this is a little too much. (laughs) Um, So then I just I stopped competing and um, I started to grow my my gym chain. So that's that's a fraction of my story. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're absolutely right. You went about it not backwards, but like you came in the back door. For a lot yeah. of this stuff. Like you're that person I imagine like busting the door to open and being like, I'm here. What do I need to do? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's so cool. And how many locations did you end up franchising? Um, so I opened three locations. I franchised one. And 
at the time, my timing was not good, unfortunately. So I got a, a bunch of business loans because I didn't have an investor and uh, to franchise, especially in California, it's very expensive. Sure. And I, uh, you know, the housing market uh, crashed. And, and, and that was about 2008-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I had a dog baker at the time. So I know exactly what you um, mean. Business ownership was not awesome at that time. <laughs> yes. And yeah, not good for growth and franchising. Mm-hmm. That was for sure. So uh, so I pretty much had to just kind of, uh, kind of stop franchising. I didn't, you know, everybody kind of pulled back. Um, people that were interested in, in buying a franchise now, they couldn't get funding. You know, it was, it was really kind of that whole um, trickle down effect. And so I ended up in the franchise I sold, the gentleman had to end up closing um, because his other business, um, he went out of business. Um, and then I closed one of my gyms. So I kept two of the gyms open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just, you know, just, I had to kind of think about what I really wanted to do at that point. It's like, well, I don't know. I can't keep throwing like good money after bad money. You know, you have to make some really hard decisions. And uh, so I decided I was going to move out of the city I was in that I was, you know, born and raised in. And uh, and then I moved to Santa Monica. Actually, I was in Sacramento. I don't know that I even said that. But anyways, uh, moved to Santa Monica. And I had my managers running the two gyms uh, in Sacramento. And I opened a small studio in Santa Monica. And I kind of wanted to get back to being on the floor again and being that, you know, kind of one woman show. Uh, so that's kind of what I did in, in Santa Monica while the other ones were being ran. And eventually I, I sold those gyms to the trainers that were, uh, that were running them, but they were kids who came in who were fighters, who then became trainers, became managers and so on. And so now the, they run them, they own them and and their families are all involved in it. So it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. I, I, I couldn't help but remember, and I think I'm going to butcher this, but when you were talking to the, initially about how you got started, was it Mike Tyson that said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? I mean, getting punched in the face, you do have a little bit of control over, but the housing market crash, nobody had control over that. There you go. There you go. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your current company, Boxing and Barbells? Yes, absolutely. Uh, So I started to lift weights uh, about five years ago, or actually probably longer now that I think about it. Uh, and I had a lot of injuries from boxing and, uh, Damien, who is an IFBB pro, uh, bodybuilder, he taught me everything I know about lifting weights. And he took me through, um, a whole year of weight training, um, and it corrected my posture. It, you know, it just kind of really got rid of a lot of the, um, the ailments that I was feeling. And I, I mean, not saying that it got rid of the injuries, but I definitely didn't feel them as much. Uh, From the overuse, you know, when you're doing boxing, you get a lot of overuse injuries. And so I started lifting weights and, but I was incorporating my boxing with it. And I, I thought, wow, this is great. It felt good. I started to feel stronger. Uh, and I was getting in even better shape. Um, I was able to hit the bag harder. Um, I became faster, you know, just all of these things um, came about from me lifting weights, which was 
crazy to me because when you're a fighter, a lot of times coaches will tell you not to lift weights. It makes you slow, you know, all of these things that are really not true, you know, depending on how you're lifting and your purpose. Um, so when I went back to my, my gym, the stables, and I was training my clients in the same kind of method that I was using. And they said, wow, this is awesome. You know, they wanted to do it every day. And so I created the boxing of barbells in four maps, basically like a class format where you, you know, intermittently do boxing with weight training. But, it, you know, even though it's a group fitness format, it is very authentic to the sport um, because that's super important to me, obviously, yeah. is to stay very true to the sport, um, but be able to do it in a way that the, it's user friendly to the fitness folks. Uh, because, you know, when you're teaching true boxing, it can be very slow and methodical and um, and people don't have the patience for that. <laughs> so yeah. um, I've been able to do it in a way that is um, where you don't skip a beat. You know, the movement, you stay in movement, you stay, you're in motion, but you're still learning properly. You're getting the mechanics down. And um, as I certify my trainers, they're all taught this method and and how to make the corrections in motion and you know, terminology, all of those things um, that go hand in hand with it. So that's pretty much what boxing and barbells is. It's a a group fitness format um, and certification. I love that. And everything you're saying kind of resonates because everybody that I know that teaches like group, uh, like kickboxing or whether it's one-on-one or group, um, any type of martial arts, not only are they super, super into their sport, which is awesome. And you should be, you should be like a student of your sport, but they also, it's very important to them to keep the integrity of that martial art form. Um, and there's many, many different types out there, which is super cool that you're keeping that in there. And these are by no way boxing, martial arts. It's not a fad. It's not like Taibo was a thing, right? But it got people into it, but it's not a fad. So what are some of the benefits that you found for, for the like physical fitness aspect of using bar- boxing and martial arts in your, your group fitness type classes? Uh, first thing that always really comes to my mind, um, which I say mind, but it's cognitive. Um, it's, you know, the cognitive fitness of it is, is amazing. Um, they even have, uh, studies, they actually have a program for Parkinson's patients that do boxing, but there's so much mind body connection that's going on that it's just such a cognitive, um, activity. Uh, A lot of people aren't aware of that. That's if you're doing it with intent and purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're being taught the proper mechanics. If you're just out there doing what we call, you know, the cardio kickboxing class, and you're just kind of, you know, just throwing stuff around and you're not really thinking, you're just kind of going, that's not necessarily as cognitive. So we're we're trying to really kind of bring it back to let's think about what we're doing. Let's think about how our bodies are moving. How are we making this punch come out? just like when you lift weights, right? You have to really connect with the muscles that you're using. Uh, So that's a really great, um, I think it's a great benefit to our fitness folks um, to incorporate some kind, you know, boxing, combat sport and whatnot. Um, And also the other thing is that it's a great interval. It's, it's kind of a hit workout a little bit, you know, you, it's a little bit anaerobic, you know, you've got your bursts of energy, that you're doing, you know, you're throwing like a flurry of combinations and then you're slow and going, and then you're going again really fast. Um, so, you know, I think that that's really useful also, um, in the fitness space. Absolutely. Here we go again. Another ISSA rapid review. Amy had this to say about the ISSA group exercise instructor course. I loved the text material and the videos. It's easy to follow and informative. 
Awesome. Glad you loved it, Amy. So, Carrie, I'd like to expand on that a bit then. Um, For the listeners out there, the trainers out there, the folks that are coaching right now, what are some things they can do? How could they use this this style of training or, or, you know, mixing in some boxing within a workout with a client or a group of clients or even uh, at home training? How could they incorporate that? I always say start with the basics. Um, you know, if you're if you're able to teach a basic one-two punch, a jab right hand or whatever, um, you can do a lot with it, uh, especially when you're incorporating other exercises. So it doesn't need to be fancy 30-punch combination. We really don't, in boxing, we really don't do that. It's, <laughs> we're not out there throwing 30 punches at a time. Uh, so just keeping it very simple, basic, and doing it correctly, I think that if if they take that simple movement with the proper footwork and they give it to their clients, they can utilize that, incorporate it intermittently with weight training, conditioning, you know, body weight exercises. Uh, they can do it in a circuit. You know, there's all sorts of ways that you can utilize this simple, you know, one-two combination whether it's shadow boxing or even a punching bag. If you have a punching bag available, that's great. Um, As long as the trainers are, they understand how to teach their clients with the proper mechanics and especially when they hit a punching bag because we don't want injuries. (laughs) Break your hands off. I have another quote. I have another quote I'm going to throw in real quick when you say (laughs) you don't need 30 punches. It's just keep it simple. One, two, Bruce Lee. I fear not the man who knows 10,000 kicks, but the man who's done one kick 10,000 times. Oh, yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Woo. Boy, that is so true. I mean, I, 1,000%. <laughs> yeah. You, and, and that's the thing where they say, you know, 10,000 hours of something, right? It makes you a, a master. Uh, but it's, again, you, you're not going to learn a 30-punch combination and go out there and be able to just do that 30-punch combination accurately or effectively, or, um, you're just kind of coming back into, again, that kind of cardio boxing, you know, world, um, which is great, right. It's great for a lot of people mm-hmm. get you moving, get you sweating. Um, but I think people are wanting a little bit more now. I think, you know, it, they're, they're like, Hey, let's learn how to do this for real. Yeah. And I think Carrie, you make a great point though, about the cognitive benefits of something like this, because they, they, they always say it, right? The more you use your brain, the less likely you are, you are to lose it. And that's why they're using it with dementia patients and Alzheimer's patients. And that makes perfect sense to me. Um, but you're absolutely correct. Like everybody that I know that does martial arts, my best friend's dad has done it for decades. And they all talk about that mental clarity that they have, that focus that they have, that ability to quiet their mind, right? That's basically stress management. Hello, everybody in the world could do better with stress management, right? <laughs> Yes. Well, it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, I want to do boxing because I'm stressed out and I want to hit something. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening, what really ends up happening is that they're so focused on what they're doing because they're trying to do it properly. That's what that relieves their stress because now they're not thinking about the outside world. Um, Mm -hmm. So it actually ends up being a different reason that kind of gets them out of their stress zone. It's not necessarily because they're hitting stuff. It's because, (laughs) you know, it's because they put their mind there and that's where their mind is focused. And they're not, it's, they're not getting all of this external BS. 
Absolutely. Now you talked to about like trainers understanding like the combinations and like, obviously you want them to know a little bit about the martial art or whatever it is, like the discipline that they're trying to teach. You have to know a little bit about it and you offer certifications about this, right? So what does your certification entail and how could they use that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first thing is I always say you want to look the part. If you're going to be training anybody and you need to feel very confident in what you're doing to become a great coach. And I don't say the word trainer, I say coach, because now we're talking about, you know, we're we're incorporating now a sport. So mm-hmm. coaching is a, a top level of training, right? I'm a coach. I'm not a trainer. I've moved on. So you're going in there and going, well, I need to know exactly what the mechanics are because I need to look like that. Because if you're teaching somebody, most of the time they learn by visual, right? I mean, you can tell them, you know, you can cue them. But a lot of times they're looking at you as a trainer, as a coach to know what does it look like? What am I supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. So looking the part is really important. So when we go through our certification program, making sure that those trainers, they have the proper footwork, their mechanics are proper. They have the right terminology. You know, obviously you want to have the right terminology uh, that is boxing, the boxing terminology. And then you've got how do you teach somebody? Okay, now I look the part. How do I break it down? How do I teach that? Sorry, my my dog's barking. Um, (laughs) uh, But how do you teach it now? So there's a whole method of how you teach. Um, There's a process that you need to go through to teach it properly. Um, And then how do you teach a group? So now, you know, we can do one-on-one. Now, how do you actually teach this in a group? Because the dynamics change, as you guys know, teaching one person as opposed to a whole entire group is very different. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we give them that skill set on top of, you know, them looking the part, them being able to teach it. And then now being able to teach it in a group with the proper cueing and the flow and and all of those, you know, bells and whistles that go along with it. And we also work on mitt work because what people call the pads, pad work, Mm -hmm. uh, the mitts is something that's utilized a lot. Everybody wants to hit the mitts. It's, <laughs> and it's Instagram famous. Mitts are Instagram famous. Uh, so we teach the trainers how to hold the mitts, but we call it the mechanics of mitts because again, we're not doing a 30 punch combination. We mm-hmm. are really trying to focus on a few punches. Um, what is our participant doing? What's our student doing? Are there are they stepping properly? Are they throwing the the punches properly? Are they using the right parts of their body, the right muscles to throw those shots? They the coach needs to understand and be able to see those things. So we teach them how to do that as well. That's awesome. Super inclusive. Yeah. Very cool. Is it an (laughs) online certification or does it have to be in person with you guys? Uh, We do both. So if someone can't come to the in-person, we have the online um, courses. as well. And I'm very present with that because, you know, this is my baby. And and yeah. I want to make sure that all the trainers, if they are B&B certified, they better know their stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty much a, a hand holder all the way through. That's awesome. And then you also offer the opportunity for like gym owners and health club facility owners and, and managers to like license the, the boxing and barbells, right? Yeah, we also have um, an affiliate program. So it would be, it would be if you kind of looked at it like uh, CrossFit. Um, so basically, with CrossFit, you have sorry, I'm kind of scooching over. Um, with CrossFit, you have your trainers where they get certified, 
And then someone says, well, I want to be a, um, I want to be an affiliate. I want to open my own gym. Then you go, okay, well, you could be in an affiliate program. It's not a franchise. I mean, you know, as you guys know, and as I've learned <laughs> myself, franchising is very strict in what you allow people yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I didn't want to really hold everybody to, you know, okay, it's got to be the exact same color. It's got to be this. You have to buy this from me. This is our vendors. Um, I, I didn't want to hold all those restrictions to them and give them some flexibility, uh, but also give them the opportunity that if they do want marketing material, or if they do want to know how to do this, how to do that, as far as in the business aspect of it, that they can get that also from me. Nice. Um, so that's the affiliate program as well. Um, for those who want to open, you know, a B and B club. I love this. I love this. So, uh, I mean, I could, we could talk for, for a long time, swap stories. Um, but we won't, this is about you. However, I want to mention one thing. Uh, when I did, uh, Mets, you know, with my clients, one of the really cool things that I picked up on right away is, other members would see us mm-hmm. and they'd say, I want to do that. So somebody would catch me. I want to do what, you know, Mike's doing. I want to do what Carol's doing. So for the trainers out there, be thinking, you know, A, yes, you need to be trained because holding a pad wrong could be very painful. Uh, and B, yeah. it's an awesome marketing opportunity while you're servicing training a client. So it, it exponentially grows because you automatically get a lot of attention in the club. So just throwing that out there. Oh, true. Yeah. If someone has gloves on or they have mitts on, everybody wants to know what's going on. I want to do it. (laughs) I want to be a badass. (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I've done boxing and things uh, intermittently uh, throughout my fitness career, like joined different gyms, gone with friends to group classes. I I used to do Tybo. So you're talking about Tybo, you're speaking my language. Um, I always found it to be a phenomenal workout. Super fun, super engaging. Um, Yeah. Depending on how fast you go, it can absolutely be some cardio, (laughs) Um, but it's a super cool idea that you have. And I love that you like made it so that other people can don't have to do all the legwork, all the work that you kind of did over the beginning of your career, they can just kind of implement something like this. You have it set up for them. So if somebody's interested in getting certified with you, Carrie, or um, the licensing opportunity to bring this into their facility, where can they find that? For sure. Uh, Boxingandbarbells.com. So written out the letter, or written out and, boxingandbarbells.com. And pretty much everything's on the website there. Uh, And all of our social media handles are boxinginbarbells.com. Um, so just the letter in. Perfect. Very nice. And I also have another follow-up question though, too, because I want to know what's next. What are like you you already told us you got some other things on the, the docket. <laughs> what are you working on next? Well, I have a uh I have gloves that I have been designing for the past few years, and um they are patent pending now. So um, and I've reached out to some of our more popular fitness magazines and we're, we'll be kind of featured in a few of them, which is amazing. Uh, but they're basically gloves. They're, we sell them now. Um, they're the B&B gloves and you can use them to hit the punching bag, punch mitts and whatnot. And you can also lift weights with them. You can drink water with them on, you can use your phone with them on and tie your shoe. So essentially, <laughs> they're, they're gloves that you don't ever have to take off. 
in the middle of your workout. And I know that we all have felt that pain, you know, <laughs> to where you, you have your gloves on, you're doing your stuff and you're like, oh, okay, I got to get my water or, you know, my shoes untied or yes, exactly. (laughs) And a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people are lifting weights in within their boxing workout, like the B&B workout. So you can keep them on. There's no, you don't skip a beat. Um, So that's the new B&B gloves. Um, But again, they're available on the website already. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that and, um, starting to get those out there. I was called by Shark Tank a couple of times, but we'll, uh, we're still, you know, we're still trying to get on there. Um, you know, you get the first call and then they try again. So I'm going to keep trying. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that show. So it'd be so cool to see you on there. (laughs) Oh yeah. One of my favorites for sure. Yeah, so that's that's it. And uh, I'll be at IDEA. I get to present the B&B classes this time at IDEA nice. in July, I believe it is. So I'm excited to do that. And yeah, we just, we've got some courses coming up in Sacramento and um, Houston, Chicago, New York um, for the first quarter. So I'll be traveling around and uh, teaching some B&B, teaching some trainers. Awesome. We'll definitely keep an eye out for you. If you guys have never attended IDEA, make sure you look it up. Um, great conferences to go to. They hold a couple of different types of conferences throughout the year, but awesome opportunity to come find cool things like this and try it out, take classes, learn from the people that created them. Um, so this is a really cool opportunity. Thanks for letting us know about that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll see you guys there. Oh, you will. <laughs> you will. We'll be there. Make sure you come by. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hundred percent. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with all the stuff that you're working on. Yes, thank you. Well, you know what they say about luck. What do they say about luck, Dan? I don't know that one. <laughs> I don't know that one. Dig it. Teach me. Teach what me, they Sensei. Just, they always say there's no luck involved. It's always just timing and preparation. I love okay. it. All right. <laughs> that's I a like mic drop it. right there, Dan. That's a I, mic drop. I like it. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes. This has been awesome. And thank you for sharing your story. Um, Dan, do you have any last words for our listeners today? Uh, Yeah, I'll close with this. Uh, Something new. Jump on it. Don't be afraid to try new things. Uh, What what may seem intimidating or uh, I don't know if that's for me. You may A, find that you absolutely love it. And more importantly, B, it's a way to set yourself apart. Never be afraid to set yourself apart. Absolutely. And I would, I definitely echo those sentiments. And I would just say like, here's a great example of the fact that your ideas could be something. So don't ever say, oh, it's not going to work, right? Try it. You never know. She tried some things. She did, they didn't work out, right? And she also tried some things and they've been great. Um, so your ideas are, are worth something. So try them. Um, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will, right? That's awesome. Love it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you again, Carrie. This has been awesome. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Yes, you too. And to our listeners, we remind you guys, go out there, share their ideas with the world. This has been so inspirational. And again, like read the and read the description of this episode, read her bio. Like it's insane, all the things that this woman has done. And as she told you guys, she's not done yet. So go out there and be fruitful in the world, guys, and make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.